The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you want to run with the Game Changers, well, you know you're in the right place. Today's buzz, knowledge is power. Well, that could apply to anything, but we're specifically talking today about knowledge of digitalization, digitization, digitation, whatever you want to call it, and the utilities industry, changing the utilities customer engagement. This is part two of a topic we started back on March 22nd of this year, 2016, on our other series called Digital Industries Changing the Game. So let me get started. Knowledge is power. Here's a reality check for utilities. Digitization, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, and the exponential growth of mobile devices are changing your customer engagement. Think about it. Everybody's mobile. Everybody's connected all the time. We call this hyper-connectivity. I call it hyper-people who are connected. But still fewer than half of your customers are digitally connected with your utility. How is this possible? Do the math. The challenge here, if you are not talking to your customer, they are not listening to you. That cannot be a good thing. Here's the solution. Rethink your customer engagement model. Reimagine your business models. How soon should you start? Right now. Okay, you're already late. We have a panel of experts from our part one topic here to help you figure out what to do, how to do it, and how to do it smart. First up, I'm very pleased to welcome back to Game Changers Radio, Jacqueline Robinson. She lets us call her Jackie. She's the training lead for DTE Energy's Billing System Replacement Project. And Jackie this time has sent me a quote from Edward DeBono. Now, those of you not familiar with DeBono, it's not Bono, it's DeBono, D-E-B-O-N-O. He was born in May 1933. He's in his 80s now. He's a Maltese physician, psychologist, author, inventor and consultant. You might say he's a busy guy, but here's what he's best known for. He originated the term lateral thinking. He wrote the book Six Thinking Hats, and he's a proponent of teaching of thinking as a subject in school. I know when I grew up, who thought it? We thought, we went, we thought about this, we thought about thinking itself was not a standalone subject. That's what he's famous for. He has written 57 books, which have been translated into 34 languages, and he has taught his thinking methods to government agencies, corporate clients, organizations, individuals, public, privately, and in group sessions. And here's the most important thing. He has started to set up the World Center for New Thinking and Peace Studies based in Malta, which he describes as a kind of intellectual red cross. Amen. We all need that. Here's the quote. You cannot look in a new direction by looking harder in the same direction. Jackie Robinson, how are you, Jackie? I'm wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for bringing us this interesting quote. Are you a follower, a proponent of Mr. DeBono? 
I am, and especially just uh, the whole thought of lateral thinking and thinking differently. Here in the uh, utility community, we've been around for a very long time, and we're facing new and uh, emerging um, things in our society, including digitization. And um, in order to survive and to thrive, we're going to need to to think differently and work differently, not just try harder on the things that we're currently doing, but to try differently. So I thought that was a completely appropriate quote. Very, very interesting. Jackie, would you allow me to read a definition off the web of lateral thinking for our listeners who are not familiar with it? May I? Sure. Okay. Lateral thinking, according to Wikipedia, and the term was coined in 1967 by Edward de Bono, lateral thinking is solving problems through an indirect and creative approach using reasoning that is not immediately obvious and involving ideas that may not be obtainable by using only traditional step-by-step logic. Sounds completely out of the box. Jackie, is this a call to action if you took this and put it up on a poster in front of all the utilities, boards of directors and CEOs? in the C-suite, is this a call to action for them to just throw out their current playbook, their old playbook, and start thinking literally out of the box? What do you think? Oh, absolutely. I'm not sure just the poster itself works, but absolutely. <laughs> we, um, we definitely need to start thinking differently and um, in a different way. Thank you very much. And do you think they're already aware of this? Other utilities besides yours, do you think they know this? Or is, is if they listen today, is this going to be, wow, are they talking to me? I have to do something? you think it would be a surprise? I think there are some utilities that are right there out on the edge and that are kind of leading the charge of doing things differently. I was just, uh, I was with Robert actually and James and we were attending a conference and there were some utilities that provided some presentations that show that they're doing things in a new um, and digital and uh, integrated way. And so I think there's some that are leading the charge, but there's many that, um, you know, we're just starting to awaken to, to a call to action. So. Thank you very much, Jackie. Very provocative and thought-provoking way to start our show. We appreciate it. And now let's turn to our second returning panelist. He is Robert Tila, T-H-I-E-L-E. He's a senior director at Open Text in charge of their portfolio of SAP Solutions in the Americas since 2014. And Robert has sent me a quote from Chris Melodondri. I didn't know who he was, but Chris knows him very well. Uh, Melodondri is an American film producer and the founder in 2007 and CEO of a company called Illumination Entertainment. I think illumination is a great word for what we're trying to do with utilities, and you could say it's a double entendre. I just figured that one out, Robert. Uh, those of you who don't know Melodondri, he, uh, he joined Fox, but he was president of Dawn Steel Pictures at Walt Disney Pictures. He was their executive producer for Cool Runnings. At Fox, he produced Ever After a Cinderella Story, and here's the most important thing. He helped Fox become a major player in the world of animation feature films. Fast forward to the rest of this. While at Fox, he supervised and or executive produced the following movies. Come on, you all recognize some of these. Ice Age, Ice Age, The Meltdown. We're talking classics here. Robots, Alvin and the Chipmunks, The Simpsons movie, Dr. Seuss, Horton, Here's a Who. And he produced two animated shorts, Gone Nutty and No Time for Nuts, both nominated for an Academy Award for Best Animated Short Film. So here's the quote Robert has selected from Chris Melodondri. What I worry about the most is the competition for young eyeballs. We have so many other competing forms of media. I don't take any audience members for granted. That's that's the core. Robert Tila, welcome back. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. Good to be on. Uh, 
Oh, wonderful. Tell me, I understand you're a big fan of animated films, and in particular Chris Melodondry. When did you become aware of his fans, and how many copies of Ice Age do you own? (laughs) (laughs) I probably have them all, but I'm actually a bigger fan of Despicable Me. Uh, I thought the first uh, part was absolutely amazing. Um, And uh, the Lorex, uh, also a great movie, you know, of course, a great story behind it, and I, I think it's it's a fantastic quote because it addresses uh, a lot of what's going on actually uh, with digital also in the enterprise space on so many levels. Okay, so let's talk about how, how would the utilities industries be uh, motivated or inspired by this quote? No, I love this part. I don't take any audience members for granted. Uh, Robert, going back to my opening where I said, if you're not talking to your customer, they're not listening to you. What words of wisdom can we pull from this? Every customer is a valued customer. Could that be it? Well, um, first of all, he said it's it's a competition for eyeballs. And mm-hmm. if we look in, uh, into any type of digital engagement uh, with customers, that's exactly what it is. We have so many um, options. We have so many mobile apps. We have so many channels. And they all scream, here, here, me, me, uh, post here, engage with me, go to my shop, go to my website. And uh, customers have the choice. Uh, It's all about their preference and where they want to engage and not the other way around. And if you look at uh, Mm -hmm. animated movies um, and how they have changed, uh, it's all digital technologies now. um, And they do something uh, a lot of enterprises can actually learn from. They, They do a very thorough work. They really think about their target audience and they address emotions, and they make it look simple and easy. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you transfer that to uh, digital customer engagement, that's exactly what you want to have. You want to hide complexity, be it on the technology side, be it on, on the business process side, and you want to make it look simple and easy and provide value and something people actually love. So they get kind of emotional about it. They recommend it, and, and they think it's a great thing. The only thing people get emotional about today is their utility bills. I think we we definitely need to change that model, and that's not the good kind of emotion. Thank you so much, Robert, for answering my questions, and welcome back again. And now let's round out this terrific trio with James McClellan, Senior Global Director of SAP Utilities and Energy Industry Marketing. And James has selected a quote from John F. Kennedy. You all know he lived from 1917 to 1963 when he was assassinated a day many of us who lived through it will never, ever, ever forget one of those iconic days in our lives that ranks just about up there with 9-11. So we certainly have things to look back on. I won't go into his presidency, but here's a little trivia that I promised James he might not know. It's September 1936. John F. Kennedy enrolled at Harvard College, and he produced a show that year, the college's annual freshman smoker, which was called by a reviewer an elaborate entertainment, which included in its cast outstanding personalities of the radio, screen, and sports world. That's JFK trivia number one. Number two, he tried out for football, golf, and swim teams, and he made a spot, got a spot on the varsity swimming team at Harvard. So here's the quote James has selected, and then we'll find out if he knew all this. Change is the law of life. It's a very famous quote. Change is the law of life, and those who look only to the past or present are certain 
to miss the future. James McClelland, how are you today? I'm doing well, Bonnie, and yourself? I'm well. Thank you for asking. And tell me, did you know this about uh, JFK, that he produced an entertainment show at Harvard? I did not know about the entertainment show. I did know about the sports history. Okay, and he had a bad back. He actually was uh, excused from the military after all the, that good PT-109 famous stuff in the movie based on it. I think Cliff Robertson started, started and boy, am I dating myself, uh, but I know he had chronic back problems that got him out of military service. So tell me, this is an iconic quote, as I mentioned, James, changes the law of life. Those who look only to the past or present are certain to miss the future. What's the lesson here for utilities? Well, I think it reflects an awful lot of what Jackie was saying, that, uh, you know, we've had an industry that's uh, well over 100 years old that has just been doing what we do because that's how we do it. And the rules are all changing. Uh, I, I used to have a, a poster that hung in my room, and it was a, a big ape that just sat in the corner all dejected because <laughs> uh, the quote was basically, once I figured out all of life's answers, they changed all the questions. And I think that that is exactly what's happening to the utilities industry, whether it's electricity, gas, or water. The rules of playing in this game are changing. How fast are they changing, James? We talked about this topic on March 22nd on our other series, Digital Industries Changing the Game. Has anything tremendous happened in the intervening, let's see, today's June 1st, so March, April, May, June, no, oh, maybe 10 weeks ago. Any, anything on the news headlines about utilities needing to pay more attention? Well, as, as Jackie has stated, we've just come back from a, a, a major conference uh, a, a few weeks ago, and there are some leaders in this business that are making new business models on how they're going to compete for the future, and they're already starting into it. I think a lot of the executives, uh, if they haven't started thinking about it, and it's on basically every CEO's plate that I've spoken with, uh, if they haven't started to think about it, uh, they better get you know, get along and start doing it now because uh, uh, the competition is going to be pretty fierce in some places, but I don't think it's going to be widely adopted for still a, a few years from now. Hmm. So that goes back to my opening comment, James, when I said, how soon should you start to the utilities rethinking your customer engagement model and your business models? And I said, now, was I right? I think that you, uh, you hit the nail on the head, Bonnie, that you better start thinking about it now because... Uh, that light that you see coming is uh, is traveling much quicker than you expect. Speaking of utilities, thank you very much. And we're going to turn the table all the way around back to Jackie Robinson and ask Jackie, where are you calling from today and what are you drinking today or what are you planning to drink to celebrate after the show? <laughs> so I am calling from the uh, wonderful, vibrant city of Detroit, Michigan. I'm looking out my window, and I can see the Detroit River outside, and it's a beautiful, sunny day. It's uh, started summer here already. We kind of skipped spring and went right to summer. Yep. And um, unfortunately, I am just boring and drinking water today. I've had a cold, and I can't possibly get enough water these days, so I'm just drinking pure your water, but I did have a uh, nice glass of red wine last night because I do believe red wine has medicinal qualities, and I was hoping to maybe get my voice in a little better shape for today. <laughs> your voice sounds wonderful, and I understand there's a lot of heart health in red wine, so whatever it did for you, as long as it keeps the ticker pumping and you're able to talk to us, and you sound great, by the way, Jackie. Sorry you're under the weather throat-wise, but uh, keep drinking that water. I'm drinking the same thing. You know that already, so we'll, we'll be sisters with water water today. There we go. And now let's talk to Robert Tila. Robert, where are you and what are you drinking today? <clears throat> I'm in the Boston area 
South Shore Boston and everything is in full bloom, so I'm trying to keep my allergies under control and um, mm. would be interested in the red wine uh, Jackie had, so maybe maybe that <laughs> helps me cure some of these things. But I'm actually, believe it or not, I'm also drinking water here. I actually switched from uh, bottled water to water. I, I, I bought one of those fridges with these uh, filtration systems, and mm -hmm. it, it, it kind of gives you uh, chilled water, cold water. And uh, I'm usually drinking that. Uh, reduces a lot of waste, tastes great. But uh, just this week, we had a little incident with uh, water discoloration. Apparently, there was a main break, etc. So I was actually, um, yeah, questioning myself if it was advisable wow. to drink it or not. And uh, fortunately, I have a good filter in it. Um, so that, I guess, touches on our uh, utilities uh, theme from today. And uh, my wife actually posted the picture of the discolored water in the oh. sink um, <laughs> on Facebook and yes. uh, believe it or not, they found out um, our telephone number and called us. Uh, so it was wow. kind of an interesting anecdote from, uh, you know, a little incident uh, via Facebook to a customer service interaction. All kinds of levels of uh, social media there, social networking, visibility, uh, personal information being discovered. At, but it, was it gratifying? Was your wife happy? Were you happy that they contacted you? I think that's a good thing because it means they're paying attention. What was your reaction? Yeah, so we actually had one call with them directly, and uh, we weren't very happy because they, um, they said, oh, it's safe, but we don't know what really happened. Um, and you don't really want to hear that. And uh, no. <laughs> they, they didn't have a clue at the time. And uh, <clears throat> we didn't feel it was a knowledgeable and a good interaction and, and helped us calm down. The second time when, when they actually called after the post, after that was still going on for a few days, um, that call was actually much better, uh, much more knowledgeable. Uh, apparently, we had the right person who actually knew exactly what was going on and uh, how it's being addressed. And uh, um, so all in all, it was a good interaction. <clears throat> I think it should have been more proactive and more timely. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Good case study. Just by asking you what you were drinking today, we got a nice case study for utilities out of you. Thank you, Robert. Very interesting. I'm going to say something very colloquial. Thank you for sharing. But in the interest of the show, I thought it was uh, very, very appropriate. James, I want you to react before you tell us what you're drinking. React to that case study, good, bad, or ugly. What do you think about the way it was handled by the utility for Robert and his wife? Personally, I think it was great, and it's something I think that we'll circle back on because uh – as we get into the, the program, one of the things that we're taking a look at is, you know, utilities are just starting to get into social, but are they actually just listening or taking action with it? So I think it's a great example that they actually took action rather than we're just watching to see what people were saying. Good. Thank you. Have you had any recent experiences? I hope the water is clear and cool and the right color for you. What are you drinking today, James? You're going to make it a four-part party with everybody drinking water, or are you going to break the mold here? Well, I think I'm breaking the mold. I have my morning cup of tea. I'm, as a Canadian now living down in Texas, I, I've realized if I refer to tea, I need to refer to it as hot tea. So yes. I'm having my hot tea here this morning. And what kind of hot tea are you having? Come on, a little more information. Oh, I, I guess I put my plug out to Lipton's, so it's just Lipton's black tea. 
I haven't heard that name in a long time. That's very well. In a sense, you're having hot water with some flavor added to it. So basically, we're all drinking. I think we can do that. Thank you very much. We are talking today. Very happy to be talking today again with Jackie Robinson, with Robert Tila, and James McClellan. As I said in the opening, they joined me on March 22nd on our series called "Digital Industries Changing the Game." We had so much to say. They had so much to say, and so many interesting points of view. We decided to bring them back here on Coffee Break with Game Changers Radio. So we're reaching a bigger audience. And the topic, once again, is digitization. I can pronounce that. Changing the utilities customer engagement. This is part two. We have a lot more to say. So we're going to give them a chance to sip whatever's in their cup. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We will be right back. Justin out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP. SAP Systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Indeed, here we are. We are speaking with Jackie Robinson, with James McClellan, and Robert Teela. Got them a little out of order there, but I'm doing it from memory. And Jackie Robinson has agreed to start the roundtable. We're going to go into the uh, the side that utilities probably don't want to talk about. Let's just t- tap into this part of the of the topic, Jackie. Jackie told me before the show, legislation has nudged utilities to incorporate billions of dollars of technology to reduce fossil fuel emissions, all about green technology. Jackie, why don't you tell us a little about how how this is happening and related to what we talked about changing the customer engagement and the business model, and then we'll invite Robert and James to chime in. Go ahead, Jackie. Okay, great. So I'll relate this a little bit back to the quote, too. So it's not only for utilities to be needing to look in a new direction, but I think um, society, too, has to, has to look in a new direction where it comes to their public utilities. So as you mentioned, I, I, uh, I, had, I had noted before the show that legislation, and, and I should say to begin with, this is all a very good thing for our environment. Everything that we've been asked and kind of um, pushed to do is actually extremely good for our environment, you know, getting into uh, renewable energy and things like that. Absolutely a wonderful thing for us to do. And I can tell you at DTE Energy, we've really embraced it. You don't have to drag us kicking and screaming. We're ready to do these things. But the the type of things that we're talking about actually cost billions of dollars. So billions of dollars to um, add scrubbers to our uh, fossil fuel plants. Um, we've added, uh, we have whole arrays of um, solar farms and wind farms now. 
Um, they're all wonderful things for the environment. But at the same time, we're also trying to reduce demand for our product, electricity and gas. We're trying to be more energy efficient. Um, so we have demand going down, but our costs going up. And the question becomes, you know, we don't have private investors. We're a public company. How are we going to pay for all this investment? Utilities actually invest more, and again, in the billions of dollars, in the surrounding economy than almost any other industry. So all that capital has to come from someplace, and traditionally that capital comes from our customers in rate cases. Um, but there's some going to be some limit to that. So again, you know, should we be looking in a new direction now, a new way to fund these type of um, these type of activities? Are there alternatives? What you know, how do we do this going forward? Very, very provocative topic. Let's get Robert Tila's ideas on this. Robert, join us, please. Yeah. So what uh, what Jackie describes is is reality in in a lot of markets mm-hmm. and um, having grown up in, in Germany, uh, we see that legislation uh, was really driving a complete transformation of the industry. So uh, getting, getting rid of uh, dirty coal, uh, exiting out of nuclear um, led to a lot of trouble for some of the big players like RWE, EWE, E.ON, etc. And um, they had billions in losses. And they had to strategically reorient themselves and decide whether they would uh, try to swim against the stream or whether they want to shape the new world and invest in renewables, um, invest more in uh, consulting services, become more an energy expert as opposed to uh, a generation and infrastructure provider only, and they sold off assets, etc. It was a very dramatic transformation, and uh, I think in in North America we are not seeing the full effect of that transformation yet. So we see some legislation, but by far not what we see in some other markets. So we, but it, it, it kind of gives us a glimpse where everything is heading. Mm, interesting. Thank you, James McClellan. Love to get your thoughts on this. Yeah, um, you know, I'd like to just add on to what Rob was just saying uh, using a, a, a German example that I was reading an article just two weekends ago in Germany where it happened to be a very sunny, windy weekend uh, that they were making so much power as renewable or clean power that they were having to go out and start leveraging social media to large commercial and industrial customers to almost have to pay them to use the power that was being generated. So, hmm. uh, you know, this is definitely a model uh, that we're starting to see having to change uh, through the legislation that, uh, you know, utilities need to, to get into new markets to be able to generate their revenues. Uh, we have an example local to me that... Uh, one of my utilities is willing to work with me as a partner as a moving company uh, if I happen to change premises. So, uh, uh, so these are new models or new businesses, lines of business that uh, utilities need to get in because the power isn't going to sustain the revenue requirements. Interesting. Very interesting. Jackie, I'm going to circle back to you. Any comments on what your esteemed colleagues on the panel have added to your topic about green technology and the need to sustain the costs, which are enormous while services are not bringing in that revenue? 
I totally agree with James. I think we and Robert, we've got to move into a new model um, with our utilities. And that's one of the, the, the areas I keep thinking of is how do we become more of, instead of just energy providers, because utilities are commodities really, how do we become more energy consultants? So we've done a little bit where, you know, we've moved into the space where we do home energy consultants, uh, consults where we go in and to a house or a business and tell them how they can be more energy efficient. But I think we really need to step that up and really find that at least that seems like a additional area of revenue that we could add to supplement the cost. Again, though, we're talking to replace billions, so we're going to have to do much more than that. Mm. Thank you very much, Jackie. And now I'm going to move to a topic we kind of covered uh, when we were talking with Robert in the opening about what he was drinking and that nasty water coming out of the out of the refrigerator that was supposed to give you clean, clear, cool, po- totally potable drinking water. Uh, Robert said to me in his notes, he said, there's a fine line between privacy and trust concerns associated with new technologies and open digital dialogue. And let me add one more sentence from his notes. He says, smart metering technologies have raised concerns with utility customers. Can I trust my bill? What about my privacy? At the same time, the number of homes in North America and Europe with a smart thermostat grew by 105% to 3.2 million back in 2014, which is old actually already. So let's talk about that privacy and trust concern and how smart meters get involved with that. Robert, why don't you take us through this, please? Yeah, the, the, this is a really a great example. Uh, mm-hmm. so we, we're dealing with a very interesting customer audience. So on one hand, um, there are concerns about privacy and, and how, where's my data stored and how is it being used and what do you know about me, etc. And at the same time, these customers install uh, Nest thermostats on their wall, which are directly connected to the Internet and to Google. Um, They post on Facebook um, and and really put all their data and all their private life uh, Mm -hmm. online. And Mm -hmm. I think the the key thing is really um, it's trust. Is there a perceived value? And it's ultimately about an opt-in uh, of a customer. So the customer really decides where they want to share, what they want to share, where they want to engage, how they want to engage. And I think from a customer engagement uh, point of view, that's one of the biggest uh, challenges to, to really convert systems so that um, customers can pick and choose and, and they can they can uh, determine when they want to be notified about something, um, whether they want to uh, post an issue like the, the water issue we, we discussed earlier on, on social, and they would expect to be heard, and, and there's some kind of a response, and there better be one, uh, mm-hmm. or whether they want to call, and they want to make sure there's the same information available, same knowledge, uh, same, same uh, background about that individual customers, or whether whether they want to use uh, a self-service portal, a mobile app, etc., and really managing those preferences and ultimately reaching out to customers proactively, making sure there is a perceived value and, and customers actually would like to share and say, yeah, I want to be notified if there's a, an unplanned mm-hmm. issue with my service or planned planned outage, um, something like that. That's actually of value to me. And because I may be at work, I want to be texted um, on on my cell phone. And for other things, I want to be emailed or 
I want to have an automated call or, or something like that. Um, that provides value. I understand it as a customer, so I'm, I, I can kind of opt into that. And believe it or not, but a lot of uh, customer engagement systems are not set up that way. Uh, it used to be a call center, and then there's sort of a bill message, and then they add a mobile app, add a portal, and it's kind of a disparate. And in, in, in techno terms, it's, it's multi-channel, but it's not omni-channel. It's not that one single source of the truth and really consistently using multiple channels where you can uh, start and end your conversation anywhere, anytime with the same information. Thank you very much, James. I think this touches on some of your topics as well, staying human, the importance of account management, and customers don't want to be just contacted once a month. What's your thought on what Robert just added in terms of how much is enough, how much is too little in terms of reaching out and proactively contacting customers, utilities that we're talking about? Go ahead, James. Yeah, I think, you know, Robert, uh, he touches on probably one of the biggest key points, and it's the value-add. Um, there was a study that was conducted by Accenture that uh, they noticed or reported back that less than half of the utilities customers are digitally connected uh, to their utility. And out of that, 44% of respondents that said that they were digitally connected, almost half of them said that uh, you know, it was extremely difficult to work through those business processes uh, that my utility offered as compared to other industries. So I think a big competition, first of all, is utilities need to be able to offer a digital communications that is top-notch uh, to best-in-class. Uh, so that's who they're being compared to. Uh, then the next thing is, as Robert was, was stating, here's a series of items that we're offering. I have to see where the value add is out of it. And the communication I think this is where I, I'd like to get the perspective from the panelists. Um, the communication just can't be one way. Um, it needs to be a two-way flow. Uh, the utilities need to be able to market out to their customers, but they need to be able to listen back. And I think this is where uh, a starting point, when Rob was talking about the water issue, that mm -hmm. uh, a lot of utilities don't incorporate social media listening back into their call center to proactively do something. So, you know, these are the sort of things that, one is to offer it digital communication, mm -hmm. but then the second is how am I going to do it? And I think that the younger generation, if I state that people 35 years and, and younger, heck, I'm calling them children now, but they're the, <laughs> ones who, they're the ones who are interacting through digital uh, communications, and they want it instantaneous, and I think that they want everything driven by apps. It's an apps-driven generation. And this is where uh, utilities need to start focusing or moving towards. Absolutely, James. I'm going to ask you a question before. I'm sorry about that one. Uh, Jackie, I'm going to bring you in on this. But the question is, okay, look at the hierarchy. Look at the structure. Look at the management and leadership of utilities today. Do they have somebody who's social media savvy, somebody who's running a team of people who are watching the one who contacted Robert's wife via a Facebook post about the dirty water? Do they have enough staff? Is this important to them? Do they have a social media person, a guru in the seat? suite has it been elevated jackie i'll let you answer that one then i'll run through the whole panel jackie then robert and james what's your thought jackie is it happening yet 
Oh my goodness, there's so many things to comment on here from the beginning of Robert's conversation. (laughs) Go, go. Let me see if I can weave it all together, and I think you're kind of hitting on the point that I wanted to go to. Uh, Robert started the the roundtable here talking about our smart smart metering rollout or digital meters. Um, I think that... That particular example of us rolling out smart meters and having kind of a bad customer reaction to data privacy and, you know, we have people that feel that the smart meters interfere with uh, bee pollination, you know, mess with the bees and pollinating. I mean, we have all kinds of, uh, of uproar around these smart meters. And I think it's a perfect example of utility companies being primarily engineering companies rolling out something new that has so much potential value to our customers, but we rolled it out in such an engineering way, you know, talking about what operational efficiencies it would have for us as utilities, as opposed to leading with what it could do for our customers, all of the proactive things we could do for our customers. You know, there are some, like, leading-edge utilities um, down in the Texas area who do things like now that they have so much information about their the usage at people's homes, they actually are alerting them when there's all of a sudden a spike in usage at the house because that's out of the norm. Um, there's a funny commercial actually about how some parents are away and their kids are at home and they get a text about a spike in usage and they should cut back to the house and the kids are having a big pool party going on. So... So as utilities and not having that person that's that marketing person or that social media person up in the C-suite, we rolled these things out as an engineering marvel instead of the Mm -hmm. wonderful proactive tool that, that customers should embrace and love. So I think to answer your question, we're not quite there yet with Mm -hmm. that representation at that level. Um, But I think there are some companies that are leading the way. Thank you. That's good to know. Uh, you want to cite a couple of them, or should we just leave them to be uh, anonymous at this point? Jackie, you want to drop any names? Well, actually, le- down our, our friends down in Texas, where they have a um, more of an open environment where they have competition, mm-hmm. and because they have competition, so TXU, Centerpoint, people like that, because they have competition among their utilities, I think they've had to act more like a retail company and, and do marketing, and um, I think that that has uh, spurred on some of that development. Thank you very much. Robert, Tila, talk to us. What do you think? Are they there yet? Are they hiring the right people? Are they aware that they need a team to do this, not just one millennial token quota person to say, okay, you go look at Facebook, see Robert's wife is happy now. What do you think, Robert? Yeah, I I think it it really depends. So different markets, depending on legislation, depending on how competitive they are, et cetera, um, act differently. And we got more innovative CEOs and uh, and maybe more conservative ones. And uh, I, I do actually observe that um, some companies, and Jackie can probably comment about that, um, are, are benchmarking themselves not only against other utilities but against uh, airlines, car rental companies, and other very customer service-oriented companies and, and even hire executives uh, for customer service from these type of companies to, uh, to really get that thinking and at methodology and professionalism into into customer service and, and, and adopt these new ways of doing things. And um, also wanted to pick up uh, the conversation with, with James early on. You know, is mm-hmm. this once, one communication a month with the bill uh, enough? And, and I think the, the answer is it, it really depends. So a while ago, we did a study 
about uh, account statements and bills and what customers actually really want. And we, we asked them what, what they would prefer. We actually showed them some samples and, and interviewed them. And the interesting thing was, you know, if you look at a certain generation, they said, oh, it needs to be electronic. And I want to have very personalized proposals. And actually even I want to be notified about social events. If you sponsor something, if you do something hmm. with the local uh, arts community, a concert or something, and, and it's relevant for me, I want to hear about it. Tell me about it. And the older generation actually said, I want to have it on paper and I want to have larger fonts. <laughs> so it, I love it. It, it really depends. And I think it's very yes. important to acknowledge that there's not one customer, but there are hundreds of thousands or millions of customers. And you need to kind of understand what, what they want. And, and to my earlier point around preference management, everybody may have a different preference in terms of what information they want, when they want to receive it, and how they want to receive it. Thank you very much. Very thoughtful. James, I owe you a chance to talk about this since uh, you were the one who got me thinking about whether utilities are aware of what they need in terms of social media leadership and, and a direction and a, a method, a model for doing it the right way. Thoughts, James? Yeah, so world according to James. Yes. Um, I believe <laughs> that they know that there is something there, uh, but many of the utilities that I've dealt with do not have a rock-solid strategy in place yet. Um, you know, when I take a look at the leaders in the marketplace, um, you know, quite frankly, what I've seen in being able to link social media back into the call center to do something, whether it's a respond back to, to Robert's issue or whether it was because power went out and we get proactively to update our customer base off what's happening, uh, or to be able to offer off that, yes, uh, you know, rock concerts coming up and we are going to be one of the big sponsors and give you a discount ticket to come to it. Uh, where I see the leaders in this are more over in Asia Pacific and uh, the Austral Asia uh, area. Uh, these are people seem to be embracing it, um, you know, taking it to the next step. But one of the big challenges is when we take a look at these I hate calling them smart devices because it made us look very dumb before, but mm -hmm. when we take a look at the smart devices, on average, people are only using about 1% of what its capability is. And I think that the utilities need to really start to see, as Robert is stating, I need to bundle something. I can't treat a customer uh, as another customer. I have to be able to be unique to my customer base because mm -hmm. they have different needs and wants. I need to talk to them differently, uh, whether I'm talking to my 91-year-old mother or whether I'm talking to someone like me or whether I'm talking to my children. Uh, they want to be talked to differently, and they want to be talked to about different types of topics. Uh, so I think utilities really need to be able to classify the customer base. You'll be able to segment them down that way. Uh, but they've also got to be able to unlock the power of these smart devices. Thank you. I, while you were all speaking, I Googled just the term, are utilities doing social media well yet? 
just put it in there. And I came up with uh, the following topics just to toss this into the mix. Social media for utilities is becoming indispensable. That's the BV.com Black and Veatch website. Top 10 utilities in social media 2014. That's eSource.com. Another article, social media usage in the utility industry from Calypso Communications. Here's another one, a utility social media journey to customer connectivity. Uh, let's see. Um, up, 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 cloud, big data, mobile, and social media for utilities. Utility industry, Converse Social. I never heard of that one before, and on and on. So it's definitely a hot topic. Thank you very much all for indulging my question. I think it was an important one. I'll tell you how it used to work with utilities here on Long Island, if you'll all indulge me for a, a quick story. I was telling somebody we had a uh, an explosion of a power transformer outside the building where I live, my co-op here. It literally exploded, and there was fire and smoke and everything. This was about 12 years ago. We evacuated the building. Uh, the fire department came and brought buses, and we have a lot of elderly here. We did a door-to-door check. We got everybody out. And me, the big mouth, who had was the first one to see it because I heard the rumbling, and my ear was literally to the sidewalk grating as the thing was getting ready to explode. I was at the sidewalk saying, what? that funny noise under the sidewalk I got away about five minutes before the thing went up the, the flames were up and I was since at that point detained by the fire department because the EPA was called and the EPA said there might be contamination in the fumes so the building superintendent and I were quarantined can you believe this quarantined but the reason I'm telling you all this is three blocks away there's a movie theater and one of the local mayors we have 15 local incorporated villages one of the mayors was the son of a woman who lived in my building, an elderly woman who lived on the second floor. He came out of the movie, saw the street closed off, walked down to see what he could do, realized it was his mother's building, and we said, we're without power. What are we going to do? So he picked up his cell phone, and he called the head of LIPA. (laughs) And he said, hello, Richie. This is Len. My mother's building is having a problem. They have no power. What can you do? Within 24 hours, LIPA sent a flatbed with a refurbished transformer. They worked overnight, and we had power back by Monday morning. Of course, everybody was brought back, and we used, that's before we had a generator. We used candles and flashlights and lanterns and all that good stuff. But that's how social media worked back in the day. Is this a a recollection from anybody? You knew somebody who saw it. They called. They got a favor. Somebody who knew somebody whose mother knew somebody got it delivered, and that was the way it went. Cell phone was the only social way we did that. James, any thoughts on my my anecdote? Well, you know, I, I, I sit and wonder what the heck we ever did without mobile phones because I remember going downtown Toronto when I was younger and having to fish out a quarter to be able to call my mom from a payphone to let her know that I got to where I was going. So, you know, it's come a long way. Um, uh, you know, it's not just the mobile phone anymore, as you're alluding to. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, we, we have many different ways to be able to connect many different favorite ways, and if it's not one way, it's another. But the fact is, as soon as something happens, it's out there, and the reaction right. has to be instantaneous. Absolutely. And and Len has since passed away, and Richie at LIPA is gone, and now it's a national grid, and none of that would be possible today because all the players have changed and the devices. Jackie, any thoughts on my story? Any comments? Well, yeah. So back in that day, what were their names, Len and Fred, or... Len and, Len and Richie. Richie was Richie Kessel, who was a, a okay. big shot here on Long Island. Richard Kessel was the head of Long Island Power Authority. Okay, so between Len and Richie, it worked because they, the two of them knew each other, and so there was kind of this personal connection. That's now, right. Now, um, you can take that now, and it's not just a one-to-one. If, if uh, Len, or I can't remember what side, if Len would post that on, on Facebook, mm-hmm. on social media, 
he would all of a sudden have a thousand friends or a thousand people that were That's responding right. and potentially helping or, 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 you know, piling on and saying, hey, yeah, help us. So, um, you know, it's kind of... Uh, that one-to-one connection has now been amplified to one-to-many, and that's kind of the power of social media. Absolutely. You're, you're spot on on that. Robert, anything I want to give you a chance to react? Any comments on where we would be today if that same thing happened? Well, first of all, I don't want to call anyone if the transformer uh, blows up. I want them to know that mm-hmm. it happens. Actually, I want them to know that it's about to happen and that they have to do some preventive <laughs> maintenance or reduce the load or so. And I think that's, that's really what it comes down to, you know, being understanding the issues better, yes, trying good, to be great point. predictive as opposed to reactive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, James mentioned strategies. Um, really having a strategy uh, now in, in the ages of, of big data to plow through the data, sensors, transformer data, etc., and also customer data, social data. How, how do you how do you know if you have two million customers what they're posting where uh, on the web somewhere, and how can you determine what's what's really important and and what and kind of sort through the clutter. And and I think the the, the biggest question as you come down to this. Uh, marketing or servicing an audience of one is how can you automate it ultimately and get away from these individual calls? You know, I come, you know, I want to call the CEO and etc. It just doesn't scale, and mm-hmm. it 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 Absolutely. doesn't really help be proactive about these type of issues. So I think um, if you if you look at the whole uh, bigger topic of digital transformation, digital is actually helping us make these things better, and, um, and, and, and really leverage the information in a way uh, to kind of pre- prevent some of those issues. Yeah, Rob, Thank you. Yeah, Go if ahead, I James. just yep. interject for a second, Please. Rob, you, know, you, you hit the nail on the head. Digitization, especially around customer engagement, isn't just the mobile phone or the iPad or social media. It's, it's all the sensors that are out there as well to, to be yes. able to improve the, the whole customer satisfaction, the whole customer experience. You know, so I think when we speak digitization, uh, it includes speaking to the transformers. It includes speaking to all those sensors that are out there that, uh, you know, Rob, I couldn't, I couldn't state it better than you, that it has to be proactive rather than reactive. That's where the model needs to change uh, within utilities. Absolutely. And I, as the one who had her ear to the ground and could have been the one who got blown to sky high, I don't know how, how forceful that explosion was. But yes, it would have been nice if a sensor had alerted somebody in LIPA at the time, had shown up and said, everybody clear the street. We see a problem. Something's going to happen rather than our having to call and say, hey, we just got a fire. The ground's exploding. Absolutely. Robert, right on the money. Guess what? We're at the time of the show where we need to do our crystal ball predictions. But James, I want to just cover, I'm going to read something from your notes from part one. I don't know if we covered it, but it's important. Have you give a one-minute response, and then we'll go to Jackie for 30-second predictions, then Robert, and then James, so everybody gets in. You say more products, more awareness equals more satisfaction. 21st century utilities know it is not enough to just deliver energy, and they need to increase, see the increasing industry in I'm sorry, interest in an array of energy options, solar, storage, electric vehicle incentives, new rate designs. Just quickly, James, how important is this and are utilities all on board with these new models? I, I think it's pinnacle for their survival. 
if they don't start getting into the new methods of raising revenues, much as Jackie was stating about, uh, you know, what legislation was doing to them to transform but to cleaner energy, uh, they won't survive. They need to get into new models to generate new revenues. And that's why it's so important to get their customers connected. Uh, mm-hmm. Because if the, the connected customer is more willing to participate in activities, whether it's purchasing or whether it's just uh, participating in conversations and providing feedback to their utilities. So it's pinnacle. Thank you. And by the way, National Grid US is on Twitter. And here's a comment. Thank you to everyone who entered our Grid Goes Green. We're reviewing entries and we'll announce a winner shortly. So it looks like they are very, very social now. On that note of optimism, I'm going to circle back to Jackie Robinson at DTE Energy. Jackie, you know I love the year 2020, but it's almost not in the future anymore. It's so close. How far in the future can you predict what will change about what we're talking about? Changing the utilities, customer engagement, re-digitization. Jackie, oh, 30 seconds predictions, please. I believe the utilities are going to lead some of the Internet of Things revolution. We're perfectly poised with our our digital sensors in so many different areas, and I think that the utilities are going to kind of leapfrog ahead of other utilities, embrace all of the information and data that we can derive from those um, endpoints, and reflect it back in, in enhanced and engaged customer service. Thank you. Brief and to the point. I like that very much. Robert Tila, thoughts from you? Oh, I can give you 45 seconds. We might even have time for a bonus question. Thank you, Jackie, for that quick summary. Robert, predictions? Well, I have two things. One Mm -hmm. is I want to reiterate um, the the whole notion around big data end-to-end from Internet of Things all the way to customer service interactions and really deploying strategies, deploying solutions that make that actually work. We see it happening already in, in pockets, uh, call center, predictive call center interactions, uh, smart metering, et cetera. But I think kind of this, this, whole, this whole big data strategy will come together and, and will be viewed more as a holistic um, strategy. So that, that's, that's number one. And number two, just selfishly, I'm a homeowner. And I want to have someone who helps me with my water heater Maybe I want to invest in solar or I have an issue with my irrigation system. I want to call five different people and, and look for companies, etc. I would actually love to have utilities um, service homes in a more holistic way around everything they can do with their field service, with their engineering knowledge, with their uh, knowledge around renewable energies, water systems, and, and so on. And um, I hope... It's not a prediction, but I do hope that they extend the portfolio in a way James um, was alluding to earlier and provide that service. Convenient, simple, customer-oriented. We can only hope. Thank you very much, Robert. Appreciate the optimism. James, you can wrap this up. I can give you about, oh, 45 seconds. Go ahead. So I'll echo my my final comment from the last show. Uh, We will have change. It's going to come through in pockets, but if I'm taking a look at the foreseeable future of 2020 is my target goal. I don't think an awful lot is going to change between now and then. Uh, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of money. And it takes a lot of investment by utilities and manpower to be able to roll a lot of this type of stuff out. Uh, I do think there will be some minor changes. It will go in pockets. Uh, Jackie referred to where I live down in Texas, that we're in a competitive marketplace. We see Australia, the U.K., 
you'll see some changing business models, but I, I would love to see a change, but I don't think it's going to change that quick. So we'll maybe leave that as a teaser for another show one day. Well, I was going to invite you back for part three, but we're not going to wait till 2020. We got to do it sooner. What do you think? Is there enough meat on the bones left here, Jackie, Robert, and James, to do a part three, maybe uh, in the fall? Interested? Absolutely. We still, I still didn't even get to one of my favorite topics, so absolutely. All right, you're invited back. It's that simple. Thank you, Jackie, for speaking up. Okay, I want to thank my three very special guests. Good conversation. Jackie Robinson from DTE Energy, Robert Tila at Open Text, and James McClellan at SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We've certainly had a live wire kind of conversation talking about utilities and digitization. There, I finally said it right. Shout out to our engineer, Justin, at the Business Channel. And hey, uh, we debuted a brand new series last week, Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Changing the Game with HR, sponsored by Dr. Patty Fletcher at SAP. Tomorrow, we spot we open a brand new show called Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers, sponsored by Lorraine Maurice at SAP. Can't wait to talk about that one. So here's my call to action. You know what it is. Fasten your seatbelt. God, I hope there are no sensors in it yet. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Yes, we mean it. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.